Welcome to the Victor Collins Sabre podcast. We pray the Holy Spirit will speak to you and stir you up as you listen to this anointed, transformative, and down-to-earth teaching by Bishop Collins. Discover how God can change your life and ministry forever. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, I said hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. This is Lady Collins, my wife of 28 years. God bless. Give her a big hand clap. She has finished her job. She can go and sit down. <laughs> Amen. Let's bow our heads as we pray. You're worthy of it all. Oh, you're worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Just that part, sing it one more time. We are worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. Jesus, you're worthy. You're worthy of it all. Thank you for what today is. I give you the honor. I give you the praise. I thank you for your manservant in this house. Thank you for his heart. Thank you for who he is to you and in your eyes. It's such an honor and a blessing to stand here on this stage to speak to his congregation. I pray that the spirit of God will move and speak and touch our hearts and touch our lives. And that we will not leave this session the same as we came. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Somebody said a big amen. amen. Hallelujah. Give Jesus a big hand clap. And you may please be seated. Like Bishop Juan Angel said, you give honor to whom honor is due. I want to give honor to him. Amen. Amen. For this privilege. I've been a pastor for a while. And I know that there's not any and anybody who allows you to come and use their pulpit. Because a pulpit for a minister is almost like taking over a, a, a man of God's house to feed his children. You must be trusted. Before you poison somebody's children. And so to be given the opportunity to come and stand here. On this very special day. The first day of January 2023. It is such an honorable privilege. And I want us to put our hands together for Bishop Ejel. For his heart for God. And what he's doing and he's done in Guyana. All these years. And his wonderful wife. Pastor Joan. Amen. For a wonderful word. That she shared with us. Come on, you can do it better than that. You can do it better than that. Some of you, your hands are like you borrowed somebody's hands to come here. If it's your hands indeed, put it together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Beautiful. Um, like Bishop said, a few months ago, the Lord spoke to me uh, to go and see him. And um, it wasn't easy. You know, he's a very busy man very, you know, um, across the country. And so it was very, very difficult to meet him. Uh, finally, by the grace of God, we met. And um, I spoke to him. I told him what God had told me about. Um, I, didn't, I didn't even expect that 
what I spoke to him about will actually happen today. In fact, I, 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 because men of God don't believe. One of the difficult people to deal with is pastors. Pastors don't believe. Pastors want all the church members to believe, but pastors, we don't believe. And so for him to believe what I told him about and to ask me to come on 1st January, not any other January, I said, when Bishop called me, I said, no, 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 this is God. This got to be God Almighty. Because I've been here for 17 years. And I've been watching from the sidelines. And I know some things. I wasn't born here, but 17 years at least. Like Brian Lara, I can give commentary on a cricket match. What do you think? Yes. And so to approach him and tell him what God has laid on my heart for him to open up to it, it tells you the spirit of God upon his life. Hallelujah. The Lord spoke to me to invite a man of God in this country to our church for a meeting. I was having a four-night um, convention revival. We call it convention. And um, before the program, we were praying in church, and the Lord spoke to me to invite that particular man of God. I'll mention his name just now. Um, I said to myself, no. Because... I've heard things about him. And I wasn't comfortable to invite him to our church. And as I've been here for 17 years doing ministry, it has not been easy to... We have not even invited Guyanese pastors to even come and preach. It's, it's not a very simple thing. Like I said, it's not very easy to just allow anybody to come and stand uh, in your church and preach. So... I decided to be obedient with the Lord, and I went to see the man of God. When I went to see him, I told him that, you know, I'm having a four-day meeting, and I want him to, um, the Lord spoke to me to ask him to come and take the last day of the meeting. I was very, very reluctant, because when I mention his name, you understand what I mean. It's good to mention his name, because I just want to teach you something. So, when I told him he should come the last day, he said, no, 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 he wants two days out of the four. So I was saying that, ah, I mean, even to come and invite you, I, I'm very reluctant. And I'm dashing you one day, you want to. You know, so it's like, you're asking too much. But I decided to just allow him the two days. So we made the arrangement and everything, he came. Our church, we are building um, our national headquarters in Canal Number 2, Polder, on the West Bank, the Demerara River. Hallelujah. Yeah. I pastored in Georgetown for a few years and we bought a land. We bought nine acres on the West Bank and then I moved there. So we are still constructing our cathedral and our office block and then other things will come up. So he came there. And as we are building, I need money. I need money to do the building. So he came for two nights. I don't know whether you know church business. Every month, I have over 15 churches in Guyana. I mean, we are in seven regions out of the 10. When I, at the end of the month, when I gather all our income, I know the amount of money we have as a CEO of the church. When this man of God came for two nights, the money he raised was more than my monthly income from all my churches in Guyana. Just two nights. Now, I'm sure you're not clapping because you, understand, you don't understand what I'm talking about. Every church needs money. And we are building, like I said, we are building. We are, we are a young church. We are a new church. So we need a lot of money to do a lot of things. Do you get it? And so I asked myself, is this what I was trying to deny the church and to even deny myself from learning? 
Because for somebody who people don't regard, I mean, if I mention the name to you, I don't know whether I should mention the, the, the man of God's name. If I mention his name to you, you say, hey, you think I've backslided as a bishop. But I've not backslided. And I'm trying to tell you something. He is the Pope of the country. Yeah. Pope Emmanuel. Yeah. And there was silence in heaven. Yeah. You know what I know? I'm trying to tell you that. You may not know, but maybe people who will not come to this church, they will not because of what they think about Bishop Ejeo. When I preach, I like to be real. I don't like to talk Kokwanansi stories. You know, I don't want to talk about things you cannot relate with. People may not come here because of what they have heard about him. It happens to me too. People say I'm an anti-man. People say I'm a scamp. All kinds of things. An African guy. All kinds of things people say about me. It is normal. The moment you... Jesus said, if any man will come after me, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, let him deny himself. Take up his cross. The cross is a symbol of shame. Jesus was naked on the cross. And so, if somebody says, I'm an anti-man, look at me if I look like an anti-man. I don't know. Judge for yourself. And so, I know how people behave. But, I'm saying this to say that for him to allow me to come, that is, that is my judgment. That is my judgment. That is my analysis. That's my version. That's my, the whole conclusion for who he is. Whatever, whatever, I don't care. Noah was drunk. Noah was drunk. His son, Ham, decided to go and see his nakedness. He cursed him. Because sometimes people think that when a man of God or when an older person has some errors or mistakes about him, that you can say anything about such a person. David made it clear. He said, you shall not touch the Lord's anointed. I don't care whatever anybody says about the Pope. I know what he came to do in the church. You know what I know. God doesn't kill people because because you also you also fornicator too. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, you can be in this church dressed up and all of that. We have all of them in our churches too. So that is not what it is. Like Bishop said, we know the new people in Christ, not not things that you know things like that. So I just want to give honor to Bishop Ajay for opening up his church to me today. That's all I'm trying to say. My long, to long story short, I salute you, sir, for this bold step and believing in what God has laid on my life. It is, it is wet. Oh, it's only my people who are clapping. Those who come to Winners Cathedral, you're not clapping. Huh? <laughs> Pastor Nikolai, are you there? Are you at the back? <laughs> Hallelujah. God bless you. Very quickly, for the few minutes I have, I want to share with you about how to identify anointed people. How to identify anointed people. Now, in the kingdom of God, there's something called anointing. In the kingdom of God, what works is anointing. The kingdom of God does not work by certificate. The secular world works by education and certificates. In the, in the spiritual realm, it is anointing that makes the difference. There's nobody God calls that he doesn't anoint and you will not see bigger things. Anybody who God calls, he anoints. In the olden days, it was a priest, it was a prophet, and it was a king who will always be anointed. And as they are anointed, they step up and they do things that normal people are not able to do. The anointing is what the, is, is the currency of the kingdom. And it is very, very important for a Christian, especially if you're a member of a church, to have eyes for the anointing. 
Jesus said in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Acts chapter 10 verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Jesus could not and did not start ministry until he was anointed. The famous anointing story we know of the Bible is between Elijah and Elisha. When Elijah was, being, was going to be taken away from the, from the earth, he asked his servant Elisha, what do you want me to give to you when I leave? Now, if, 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 if a man of God was to ask you, what, I'm going to die. What do you want from me? I'm sure some of us will say, I want your car. I want your house. I want your money. I want your position. I want this. I want that. Very rare will somebody ask for an anointing. In fact, Elijah told Elisha that you have asked for a very, very difficult thing. I said, nevertheless, if you see me go up, it may happen to you. So, Jesus told his disciples that they should not leave Jerusalem. You see, when Jesus was arrested, he was crucified and all of that. Remember, the story was told that the disciples came. They were trying to uh, uh, do away with the resurrection story. So, they said that the disciples came and they stole his body away. That's why they couldn't find his body. And so, that was the rumor in those days. If you were there in the, days of, in the days of the apostles, it means that they were accused of stealing Jesus' body and therefore they could be arrested. How many understand what I'm trying to say? Now, if they risk or they were risking arrest, then the right thing to do was to run away from Jerusalem. How many understand? There are many people who become fugitives because they don't want to be arrested. They, they, they break rules, they break the law, and they don't want to be arrested. So they, 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 they run away. They go to Suriname, or go here, go here, all kinds of things. But Jesus told them in Acts chapter 1, when Luke was writing the, the gospel according to the, uh, the Acts of the Apostles, he said that Jesus told them not to leave Jerusalem, but stay there for the promise of my Father. Now, ask yourself, why would Jesus commit them to danger? A season where they could be arrested, they could be jailed, they could be beaten, they could even be murdered and killed. Why would Jesus tell them not to run away from Jerusalem and go to Samaria or Judea or Galilee, but stay in Jerusalem for the promise? Because the Holy Ghost coming upon them was going to change them and give them something that they don't have naturally. And so that is why you see Peter on the night when Jesus was arrested, when he denied Jesus three times, then in Acts chapter 3 verse 1, when the Holy Ghost came down, Peter was the one who stood up and addressed the congregation and said, we are not drunk. Now, you see the difference between Peter who denied Jesus before a house girl and Peter who is now addressing a large congregation. Something happened in between the time. And the only explanation was the oil, the anointing, the Holy Ghost, the comforter, that came from above. When Samuel anointed Saul, he told him, when you leave here, you see uh, uh, the prophets, 50 prophets prophesy, and you prophesy with them and you will change, you will turn into another man. The kingdom of God works by anointing. You see, as I sit on the sidelines and I watch what, what's going on in Guyana, I am sure many people will want to be in the, in the shoes of Bishop Ejeo. But it, uh, it is anointing that puts people in places. It is anointing that separates people and positions them somewhere. You, 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 you can envy, you can have phone contacts, you can, have, you can even have the president's phone number. You, you, you will not be chosen to do anything. Am, am I preaching? Should, should I stop? Maybe, maybe I should stop. Maybe I should stop. Nicodemus told Jesus in John chapter 3, he said that no man can do these things that thou doest except God be with him. As he spoke about a heart, how many hearts do you have? Even the heart of a husband, you are struggling. 
the heart, the heart of, a, of a male growing up, you are struggling. The heart of a woman growing up, you are struggling. How much more the heart of the bishop and the minister? Do you understand what it means? How to identify anointed people? And so you see that anointing is very critical. You, you, you have to understand what people are doing and find out why they are doing what they are doing. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit. Say it, the Lord. And so, in a time and a season where there's an identity crisis, because many people think that in the ministry, your title is what makes you who you are. It's not by title. Jesus didn't have a title. Jesus, you see, Joseph was not called Mr. Christ. I don't know if you've seen Joseph's birth certificate before. <laughs> there was nothing on called Joseph Christ and Mrs. Mary Christ. Christ means the anointed one. And they attributed the Christ to him because of the things he did. Because he was anointed. It is not by title. It is not by... I see in our country, people have titles. People take upon themselves titles. Now, it is the kingdom of God is one of the most disorganized places in the whole world. Because you can never get up and put on a white jacket and put on a stethoscope and call yourself a medical doctor. You cannot put on a black uh, suit and, and, and go to the, the court and say that you are a lawyer. You have to go through a process of training and approval. But you see, in the kingdom of God, people take titles. I am apostle this. I am this. I am that. Almost everybody in Guyana is a prophet or an apostle. You should see posters on Facebook. People take titles. I came to tell you that it is not by title. You see, Bishop was telling me this is his 40th year in full-time ministry. Many people don't last in ministry. I'm telling you. 40 years. Many of you were not born. And he's here. He's surviving. You see, there's a man of God in the country that I was born in and I come from. That's Ghana. He's called Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. He is the first major man of God in our country to divorce. When he divorced, everybody said his ministry has finished. He's the worst of all sinners. How can a man of God divorce? He has failed. He's a failure. Oh, he's not a good example. People said all the things they said. My father in the ministry, Bishop Daggett Mills, he said God told him that no matter what happens to this man, never say anything bad about him. So he stuck with him, supported him all the way up to even today. Now, Archbishop Nicholas Danka Williams' ministry has even increased. It has abounded. It has grown. It has become even better as he left his old wife. Just in case you think that when somebody leaves a woman, the anointing of God leaves their lives. God's approval is not the same as your approval. I said God's approval is not the same as your approval. And who God chooses, he chooses. God does not do, is it, in the kingdom, there's no democracy. We don't go to parliament and then do, is it, uh, uh, what, is it, this guy, is it, is it uh, what's this guy? Is it Sharon Dance or something, that guy, what's his name? That is, yeah. Well, here we saw it. It's not like God is choosing somebody and that one member of the opposition flips his vote. Which is not, it's not unusual. It happens in developed countries. People can vote whichever way they want to vote. We are the ones who are not used to certain things. So when it happens, it's like, hey. So, I want to help you to not just look at people's titles. Don't look at how people are dressed, like how I'm dressed. But look at what the Bible will lead you to know as the identification factor. Paul said, now therefore we know no man after the flesh. And so, 
you don't see how the person looks, how nice the person looks, how whatever, whatever. Sometimes, I mean, I, I like Guyanese women. I like how they speak. Guyanese women, they are very eloquent. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. If a Guyanese woman prays right now, you think she's from heaven today. Oh, oh Lord God! Lord God, God! Wow. You can feel the anointing. But praying a prayer and keeping people together for 40 years is not the same. <laughs> and I don't know you, you understand what I'm saying. I said praying a prayer and sweating and spitting saliva for 10 minutes. For everybody to say, wow. And then keeping, keeping people together in the building for 10 years, for two years. It's not a simple thing. You see, I, I, I talk about it and people sometimes think that I am boasting. But I, am not, I wasn't born here. I was born in Ghana. I'm from the Ashanti region. And I migrated to Europe. And then my father in the ministry sent me here 70 years ago to start our ministry here. Now, all the people who I came with, they are all Guyanese. They are all Guyanese. There's no African inside. If you see this, this guy, yeah. he's not Guyanese. It's a, it's a, we are the only Africans. Everybody else is Guyanese. Now, the Bible says that nobody goes to the strong man's house. I don't know if you know the scripture. <laughs> Nobody goes to the strong man's house and take anything that belongs to him. Unless he first bind him. You must have strength to bind the strong man before you can take anything that belongs to him. So, I come in here very quiet. I mind my business. I move around. 17 years. But if maybe you have spiritual eyes, you probably will recognize that this guy, he has something. This guy, he probably has something. Because it's not easy to go to a country. You go to somebody's country and start a church for 17 years. Let's see. If you want to challenge me, we can go on a challenge. Go to Barbados. And then, or go to another region, region 5. <laughs> and go and live there for 17 years, my brother. And start a church and train leaders and build churches and buy nine acres of land and build cathedral and a big office block on it. It, it, it is not given to you unless God releases it. You can't take it. it. It cannot be given to you. You can't come to Guyana and take things like that unless there's something that is with you. That, that, that's what I know. That's what I know. That's what I know. That's what I'm saying. That For Bishop to even listen to what I said, it, it tells you the level he's at. Because I, I, I believe that I have some, some level of the Spirit of God with me. At least some small one. At least something small. At least something small. And so how do you identify anointed people? I'm preaching from this nice book by my father in the ministry. Um, Daggywood Mills. The anointed and his anointing. Paul told Timothy that the words that are, the things that I have heard of me. Commit the same thing to faithful people. So, what I've heard from my father, that's what I'm sharing with you. Jesus said, I don't speak anything of my own. What my father speaks, that's what I say. So, I speak the things that my father speaks. In this book, he teaches about how to identify somebody who is anointed. Number one, very quickly. Identify the anointed by the criteria of Jesus Christ. If we are going to know whether somebody is anointed, it's not by popular vote. It's not by popular, uh, public opinion. It's not by your Facebook post. It's not by your Facebook likes. It's not, many Facebook likes are fake. People will tell you, well done, when you're doing something very bad. They will say, well done. Great man of God. Ask God whether what you're doing is great or not. People are, are sitting on Facebook praises. Likes. Followers. No, 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 no. Let's look into the Bible the book that guides all of us. And let's see what Jesus said about identify anointed people. In the book of Luke chapter 7, verse 18 and 19, Jesus said, the disciples of John the Baptist told John about everything Jesus was doing 
So John called for two of his disciples and sent them to the Lord to ask him, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking for someone else? He goes on to, then Jesus answering said unto them, go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard. How that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. So John sends people to question whether Jesus is the Messiah. And Jesus didn't bother to tell him, oh, of course, look at my beard. It's so long. When you see an anointed person, can you not see because my beard is so long? That is not what Jesus Jesus actually didn't bother to answer the question the disciples came to ask. He told them, go and tell John what you are seeing. That is what describes or makes you identify somebody who is anointed by their ministerial feats and efforts and works. You cannot do a lot of things if you are not anointed. In the kingdom of God, the works that a person does, the the, the achievements that anybody achieves, it is because the person has been anointed with oil. David could not kill Goliath until he was anointed. So Jesus said, if you, you want to know who's anointed, look at the things the person has done. Whether it's a man, whether it's a woman, whether he's short or he's tall, whether he's old or young, it is by what the person has done or is doing. That is the proof of the anointing upon his life. Number two, identify the anointed by the sign of doing unusual things with ease. Unusual things with ease. So first, you identify an anointed person by his works. If you go to America, you can see that America is far developed than Guyana. Maybe it's an anointing. (laughs) By the works in America, you can see that it's a great country. By the works in Guyana, you can see that we are we are coming. We are we are you know we are forcing. But we are not on the same level. In the same way, in the ministry, for example, my father in the ministry who wrote this book, he has written over a hundred books. We have churches in, in what? We have over 5,000 churches in over 100 countries. He started a ministry when he was a, a, a student in a medical school about 30 years ago. Now the church has, I mean, changed into a worldwide ministry of which I am representing here in the country. From somebody who was a student in a medical school and followed the call of God whilst he was studying medicine. Today, I am one of 150 bishops. One out of 150 bishops. Overseeing Guyana and the Caribbean. Not a bishop because of the time, but a bishop because I have things I, I oversee. A bishop means an overseer. So you identify an anointed person by his works, number one. Number two, you identify an anointed person by the unusual things he does with ease. The unusual. You see, there are some things that's, that are very difficult to do. You go and play golf. I tried to play golf one, 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 one time. Right? Now you see that that small white ball, that you have your club. When you watch Tiger Woods and how he can hit a ball, and direct it towards a hole, a hole in one. Then you take the club and, or driver and then put the ball on a tee and then take a shot. You see where your ball will go. <laughs> I, 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 as for balls, you lose a lot of balls. But when Tiger Woods is playing, he doesn't lose a ball. Oh, he, he gets them into the hole. People who do things with ease. You see, I'm sure there are ministers in the government who are resting today. They are chilling. They are tired. They are relaxing for tomorrow. But there's another minister who is having a service today. He's having a service today. (laughs) You have to ask yourself, how does he do it? How does he do it? How does he wear this hat? 
and wear that. Maybe I should have brought two hats so that I could have just changed it. I do wear this hat and wear this hat and be a father and be a, a husband and be all kinds of things. When people do difficult things with ease, you should know that there is oil has been poured on their heads. You see, the Lord Lord spoke to me about four fathers of this country, of which Bishop is one of them. And he gave me a task. And I went to see all of them. For me, the interaction and what came out of it is what I, I can give testimony about to prove that indeed it was God who spoke to me. There are things happening in the spiritual realm right now as we are here. If only you understand what is happening here right now. If only you know what is happening here right now. And I know something is happening right now as I'm preaching to you here. So doing things with ease. I have, since I came to Guyana, we started sending people to a global Bible seminary in Ghana. I have sent almost 50 people the last 12 years to go to Ghana, spend three years and come back. To go to Ghana, you will not spend at least 2,500 US dollars. At least. Multiply 2,500 US dollars by 50. Please, uh, mathematicians, professor, that's a math teacher. 2,500 by 50 people. 50 by 250 is what? 725? 125, 125,000 US dollars in 10 years or in 12 years. Where did I get the money from? My church is full of young people. I don't have any diplomat in my church. In fact, my church members wanted to come. I said, no, you make too much noise in Bishop's church. Don't come. Because there are them young, young, young people who they shout, ah, they shout too much. So I said, no, no, no. I don't want you to come and disgrace me. I want to take the, the older ones, a few of the older ones, who can sit down quiet and not make too much noise. Young people. So to be able to do some of these things, 50 Guyanese young men and young women. I have some here. SG, this is one of them. That's one of my young assistants. He's just about 29 years old now. Gerald, yeah. He went to Ghana for four years. He came into the church when he was 14 years old. Now he's 29. He's been in my church for 15 years. It's beautiful. He's married in the church. He has a child. He has a car. He's all kinds of things he has. But he joined the church at the age of 14. Now, when you see things like that happening, you have to understand God, God is, there's, there's an element of God inside. There are some of them there. Look at those with lime green ties. Stand up. Roberto, Kenrick, Danny, Michael, all these are Guyanese boys. This guy is from Sophia, where people are Steve. This is from Sophia. With all due respect. <laughs> it's a joke, please. Don't get, don't get. Please, if you are from Sophia, don't, don't say, what? Bishop brought somebody, he's telling people from Sophia that they thief. I beg you, please. It's just a joke. I'm just joking. <laughs> they all, they went to Ghana Bible School three years and they are back. And they are pastors. Kenrick is based in Letem with his two other brothers who all went to Bible school. How, how do you take people and send them to your country and then they go and they come back and then you send them to another region and they are living there and they are doing church? I, I don't pay any of them. I don't give them one dollar. As you say it again, I don't give them one dollar. Easy it is to take somebody from Sophia, send him to seminary in Africa, and he comes back, and then you send him to Latam, Region 9. Then he's there for what about three years now, with two years with other two pastors. He just came from Latam to come and marry because he's, he's, he's burning, the, the hormones are too much for him. You know, young people. He's come to marry a girl and take the girl to Region 9. He's the pastor of our church there. I don't give him a dime. Do I give you a dime? No. Roberto. He is one of the seniors. He's, 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 he's uh, Reverend Gerald's mate. 
Many years they spent in Ghana. Came back. Came back, found one of the girls in the church. Married she. And you got, they got to where is she? Rebecca. She's a medical doctor now. Yeah, married two children. How does these things happen in the ministry? And I'm sure you have testimonies here also. But I'm saying this to say that there are certain things that people can't do. And others can do. And, and the difference in the doing is the anointing. And it's the anointing that makes you know who God's hand is on. It's not everybody who God has his hands on. It's all of us. It's not everybody. Don't be mistaken. Number three. Thank you. That's my last point. Number three. Identify the anointed by the peculiarities of his life. Peculiarities of the person's life shows you that he is anointed. The Bible talks of Elijah and John the Baptist. As much as Elijah's works are not referred to here, you see similarities between Elijah and John the Baptist. Elijah was somebody who used to stay in the desert, the wilderness. He didn't have a he didn't have a house lot in Tushin. You see, on the East Bank. Your perfect harmony. He didn't have a low-income house. He was somebody who was an expert in staying in dry areas in the wilderness. The same thing with John the Baptist. When Jesus said, John the Baptist, out of all people who have been born of women, he is the greatest John the Baptist, the Bible said he used to eat locust and wild honey. If you take him to New Thriving Restaurant, he'll disgrace you. He can't hold a fork. He can't hold a knife. He can't hold a spork. He doesn't even know what a knife is. Because his food was locust. When he sees grasshopper, he'll take it and then... Hum. And Jesus said he's one of the greatest. How is this possible? Somebody who can't even dress. His clothing was camel, sir. But you see, anointing was locked up in John the Baptist. In fact, Jesus said that John the Baptist was Elijah who was to come. It means that if you want to see the anointing on Elijah's life, you should look at John the Baptist because their lives were similar. Both confronted the kings of their days. John the Baptist and Elijah, they were confrontational preachers. Now in our society, no preacher wants to be confrontational. He says, hey, yeah, you can't do that. You should pray for the government. You can't criticize the government. One day, uh, somebody saw me. I was driving and he said, hey, this car is very expensive. I said, really? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gave me the price of the vehicle I was driving. He didn't buy it for me, but he gave me the price. So I said, oh. Then I said, oh, you know, it's the taxes. Oh, it's the duty that makes the car expensive. The car is not expensive. And all of us know. You go to Japan, it's just $500. 80,000 Guyanese dollars, you can buy a car in Japan. But it's a duty. But if they will only reduce the duty for then you know what the guy said? The guy said, oh, don't criticize the government. Pray for the government. I said, well, I'm to you, bye. You can't say anything. You can't say if the taxes are high, you can't say it. It's high, it's high. Yeah, it's high, it's high. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. You see, so when people have anointing, there's a certain peculiarity that goes and carries them around. So, John the Baptist was also confrontational like Elijah. Because Elijah spoke to Ahab. He spoke against you. It's Jezebel who said, I will kill you. That's why Elijah ran away to go and hide. And when God said, what's happening, Elijah? Elijah said, all the people that you, all the men of God are, are, are killed. I'm the only one left. God said, no, 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 it's not true. It's Jezebel who ended Elijah's ministry. When Elijah made that statement, God said, go and anoint Elisha in your room. The same thing happened to John the Baptist. It was Herodias who told his daughter to tell her, her father, when he said, dance for me and I'll give you anything you want. I want the head of John the Baptist. So, the peculiarity of somebody's life will tell you about the anointing upon his life. If you see Jesus, Jesus never married. Can you imagine? With all the feelings we have. Eh? Married? Everybody marries. Because you, you have to. 
have to be active. You have to release. Thank you very much, Reverend. You have to release. Oh, you don't understand release. So to not marry 33 years here on earth and not marry and not touch a woman's breast or touch a woman's buttocks, I mean, it can only be Jesus Christ. Yeah. I have had one for 28 years. Bishop says he has had one for 30 something years. We all need the woman in our lives. But Jesus didn't choose any girl. If, if, you, if you go and go and check Instagram, Jesus' Instagram page and see if there's a woman, any woman he's posted there. <laughs> and so people didn't understand. So they said, oh, Mary Magdalene is connected to her. Because people don't understand that when you are anointed, your life is very peculiar. Jesus didn't build a house. As we are going to lands and ministry of housing early in the morning, looking for house lords, Jesus didn't look for house lords. If I want somebody said they want to follow him, he said, you want to follow me? The son of God, son of man does not have anywhere to stay. Foxes have holes. Wherever he'll go, he'll eat and he'll move on. He never had a permanent place to stay. That peculiarity is a sign that the anointing of God is upon your life. So ladies and gentlemen, Winners Cathedral, I want you to understand that these things, and there are many of them. I can only give you three. If you're interested in the book, you go to dagiwatmills.org. You can get an e-copy of it. We don't have um, any left in stock here in Guyana. But it will teach you about the anointed and its anointing. That people carry the presence of God in their bodies. And one thing that I, I forgot to mention is that you need to identify the anointed because he is God's servant for your promotion. I didn't hear you. I'm sure if you are connected to Bishop, your life is not the same because of your connection to him. Oh. Many of you have benefited from his life and his ministry. (laughs) Because he is a human being who is carrying a supernatural presence. And the anointing is either on you, is with you, or is inside of you. Jesus said, it is upon me to do things. So, the anointed is God's messenger for your prosperity, for your rising, and for your deliverance. And so, if you don't have any anointed person in your life, you are going to be dry. Your life is going to be difficult. If you, are, if you are in ministry, if you are in ministry, you need to have an example, somebody who is anointed because you should only be able to do the things that a person has done. You see, things that people do is because they are anointed. So if you join, if you enter ministry, to be able to do things, you need anointing to flow into your life. In Numbers chapter 11, as I close, God told Moses to gather the 70 elders, 16 and 17, Numbers chapter 11. He said, and I will come down and I will talk with thee there. And I will take out the spirit which is upon you and give it up and put it upon them. Ask yourself, why didn't God come and anoint the 70 elders himself? Many people are deceived about what anointing is. People think that they can pray to God for anointing. God does not give anointing just like that. Anointing is here on earth already. Anointing is circulating. It's like money. God, God doesn't use Guyanese dollars. That, at least the last time I went to heaven, I didn't see any Guyanese dollars. But if you pray to God and God is going to give you money, he uses someone. What does the scripture say? He will cause men to give unto your bosom. It's the same thing with anointing. Anointing is working here on earth. There are people here on earth who are approved by God, who are carrying the the, the spirit of God upon them, and they are moving around. If you can identify them, they'll be good to you. They'll cause your deliverance. They'll cause your uprising. They'll cause you to rise up. They'll cause your enlargement. They'll cause your promotion. If only you can, can identify one. If only you can identify one. Otherwise, you'll be dry. You'll be dry. You'll be dry. 
If Bishop sends you right now to start a ministry somewhere, can you survive? Can you survive? Can you survive? If you survive, then it means that you have caught something from him. If you don't survive, that means that you have not caught anything. Because the disciples waited for the anointing before they started ministry. Jesus, when Jesus rose from the dead, he met them. He said, receive ye the spirit. And the Bible said, he breathed on them. Without the anointing, you cannot do much. I said, without the anointing, you cannot do much. And so, anointing is the key to your promotion. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. My time is far way up. The Bible says, believe in the Lord God. You shall be established. Believe in his prophets and you shall chalak. You shall prosper. You shall move forward. You shall search. It is believing in the man of God and what God has placed on his life. That makes you go forward. I pray that you will not lack anointing in this church. I said, I pray that you will not lack anointing in this church. That whatever Bishop has done and is doing in his life, that when the time comes for somebody to also do the same thing, that you'll be able to do it because you have also been anointed. Give the Lord a big hand clap, somebody. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, let the anointing flow right now. Let it flow. You sent me to come and provoke the anointing. Hallelujah. It is the element of the Holy Ghost upon a man. Let anointing be provoked right now in this place. For the great things that has come, that has happened through this pulpit and through this ministry. And let it begin to distribute, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Anoint those that are ready and are willing. Let the anointing come upon them like never before. I give you the praise. I give you the glory. With Bishop's permission, one of the things I, when I met him, I told him about is that God wants me to pour oil on one junior. So your father called me here for this reason. Two things. G, are you ready? It is not coincidental. It is no coincidental, one, Junior, that daddy was anointed by an African bishop. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. The first time Archbishop Dr. Benson Idahosa set foot here was to consecrate this wonderful man of God. I'm from Africa and the Lord has directed me to oh, the same thing pour oil on bishops son. number two Samuel had to get Jesse's permission to anoint David in the house and daddy said I should come and do it so I have all the, all the, all the permission all the right two things the Bible says every matter shall be established by two or three witnesses the scripture says where two or three are gathered in my name there I approve the meeting and I'm there number one the person who poured oil on your, on your father was from Africa I'm also from Africa I'm an Ashanti man I'm called Kofi Asabre number two so, the Bible says, took a horn of oil. Junior, can you come? Samuel took a horn of oil. Because the Lord sent him to the house of Jesse. Give me some more. I'll come down right there. One. I'll come down right there. I'll meet you right there. Right there. Meet you right there. Go on your knees for me. That's right. When Samuel went to the house of Jesse, Samuel thought it was some other people. I follow him on Instagram for some reason. I see all his things. 
how he loves his wife and he, he, he show off his wife. I watch him a lot. So, some, somehow, my, my heart is with him. It is not coincidental that the Lord said, go and speak to Bishop and tell him that I want you to anoint his son. And so, Junior, on this first day of January, 2023, by heavenly permission, by the permission of the one who brought you into this world, I stand here as a servant of God, anointed for this purpose, mandated to pour oil on you, that by the time this oil hits your head, your story will be like the story of Saul who went looking for his father's donkeys but didn't know that that was the season of his anointing. I anoint you with oil. In the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost. Like Saul, like Samuel in the house of Jesse in the presence of his father and probably his mother and his brethren. I anoint you a second count with oil. Your destiny changes from now. Your destiny changes from now. You have been moved from wherever you are to the forefront of the battle. You have been risen up. There's a rising up of your personality and who you are. You do great things. David was anointed quietly while Saul was still king. In your time and your season and your era, you kill Goliaths. You kill Goliaths. I anoint you to kill Goliath in the name of Jesus. May it be said of you that it is because he has been anointed. When Saul and Jonathan died, David lamented on them that they died like people who were like people who were not anointed. Because when you are anointed, nothing can beat you. You don't die a foolish death because you are an anointed person. In the spirit of God Almighty. <laughs> Rest upon you right now. Rest upon you. Lord, open the heavens. Open the heavens like Jesus. When he was being baptized in the river Jordan. The testimony from the heavens. Let the heavens open. Yes. 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 Pour it, Lord. Pour it. Let it fall, Lord. Pour it, Lord. Pour it, Lord. Yeah. Yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, pour it, Lord. My Lord and my Lord. Let it pour out. Let it pour out. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow, Let it flow in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Let the angels gather. Let the angels hold God stretch for their hands. Let the hosts of the, the heavens gather around here right now. As Junior has been anointed, uh, let there be a stirring up in Guyana and beyond, oh God, in the name of Jesus. You are anointed, and you will see the difference in your life. You will see the difference in your life. It's, it's not me, it's, it's God. Just like uh, the Lord showed Ananias to go and pray for Saul. He had nothing to do with him. The Lord sent him. The Lord sent me here for you. To anoint you. As a Joshua in your time and your generation. To rise up. And complete whatever that he may not be able to complete. Take it to the logical end and the conclusion of it. Anointing caused you to be a mighty giant in the spirit. Be no weapon formed against you prosper. Anything that rises against you, oh God, I judge it in the name of Jesus. Be anointed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Father, thank you for what you've done today. Thank you that the heavens rejoice at Junior's anointing. That is anointing. What a difference the anointing makes. I give you the glory. Give the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody said, Amen. Ah, God bless you. Where's, where's my package? Please. The package. You can stand, Junior. You can. You can. God bless you. G, bless you. That 
have a library of 40 books by my father in the ministry. Pastor Nikolai has quite a number of them. <laughs> I, I want to present this to Junior as he surges forward in ministry. Now may you read and eat the words in these books. May these books make a difference in your life and ministry also. So on behalf of me and my ministry, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. For booking and more information on the ministry of Victor Collins, please call us on 592-691-5301 or email us at shepherdhousegy at gmail.com. God richly bless you.